Welcome to Changeable. This is episode number 248, Feeling is Not in Your Body. You're tuned in to Changeable with Dr. Amy Johnson. Changeable podcast is all about breaking habits, ending anxiety, and the ironic way change really works. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey there, welcome back to Changeable. I'm kind of excited about this episode because I have a feeling that it might be for many of you kind of like the next step in what you're seeing or something like that, if it makes sense. It might kind of kind of reveal um, some limits on how things look and feel and kind of be a little bit of a nudge toward a little more expansion because it has been that for me, which is why I want to talk about it. So as you might know, because I guess I talk about it enough, um, I people talk to me about this all the time. I often have kind of this feeling when I first wake up of, to me, I just call it this feeling of dread. Um, it hasn't bothered me for a long time. I've, I've actually come to love it, which is what I want to talk about and come to meet it in a lot of different ways. But this is one of the things I don't think I talk about it all the time, but I think when I have talked about it, people really hear because it's super relatable. I mean, all the time people are like, oh, you have that horrible feeling when you wake up too. Me too. And it really seems to do something like helpful to know that for people that, that it's not just you, that it doesn't mean anything, that you don't have to do anything with it, that it can just kind of be there in the morning and then just leave later like all feelings do. So anyway, I just get a lot of comments about that. And then it always has me wondering like, God, how, how often do I talk about that? I feel like I've maybe mentioned it a handful of times in various places, but um, the way that people comment, you'd think I talk about it every day. So I don't know, maybe it comes out more than I think, but um, but yeah, it's there. I don't know, a lot of mornings, most maybe, I don't know. Um, but it's kind of like waking up to this illusion from from being gone in deep sleep or maybe from being in a dream, a different illusion, and then waking up to this illusion that we call my life. And there's just this instant kind of punch in the gut sort of feeling often. So like I said, I've, I've kind of come to love it over the years. Um, and I've come to, to sort of do different things with it. So initially it was sort of like, like I maybe, I don't know when, but maybe when there was some sense of thought and feeling just being two sides of the same coin and, and probably also when there was a sense that all of this is safe and meaningless and impersonal. Um, I used to kind of meet that with interest and curiosity and I'd kind of look for the thought that was there with it. If there was one, it wasn't a, a big mission where I had to find a thought, but you know, that was sort of the first phase of like, oh, okay. Yeah, this is here. Is, is there a thought here that I can recognize? Like what's, what's behind this feeling? What's the story? What's the picture? Um, and that, just even that in itself felt kind of good because 
there's no fighting in that, right? There's a curiosity. So there's like, hey, okay, I'm, I'll feel this and I'm even going to look behind you and I even want to know a little bit about what you're coming with. So already that's that's feels nicer than kind of the kind of typical way that we learn, which is what's wrong with this and resistance and all of that. That morphed a little bit. I don't know that it really morphed, but some new questions got added to that, such as if I found a thought or even just the feeling, like, who is this about? Who is this feeling or thought referring to? So let's say I woke up and just had a sense of dread. And then I noticed a thought about something coming up in my day or something. I would go into kind of just wondering like, oh, there's dread here. And there's a not wanting to do something here. Who, who is this about? Like whose life is this about? And of course the answer would be my life instantly from your mind. But who's, who's this my? Who's this me? Who is this really about? Who is this dread here for? On behalf of whom is this dread showing up? Because it, it's not, you know, dread is just just feeling. It's fine. It's just a sensation. It's just some, I don't know, it's just what's arising. But if you can spot it, and even if you can't, there's often this invisible, semi-invisible story that's making it about you. And, it, and even just that it's happening to you. So it could be dread because it's raining or dread because someone in your family is unhappy or something like that. And still there's a tie-in with you, with a me in some way. And, and there's also a tie-in to like, oh, this thought's happening to me. Even if the content is not about me, this thought is happening to me. I'm the experiencer of this thought. So right away it feels personal. So I would look for that me. I would, you know, kind of do that, inquire in that way. And it was good. It was interesting. I could never find the me, by the way. Um, That kind of morphed into, and of course I'm, thinking about this after the fact that there was no actual like morphing point or decision point where this changed at all. But when I look back, um, that kind of morphed into being excited to wake up and experience this feeling because I wanted to lean into it. I wanted to experience leaning into it. And my mind told me that if nothing else, if my day was kind of bland or autopilot, I'd probably have that feeling in the morning. So I could at least get that practice. So I, you know, as I've talked about a lot over the last couple of years, I would, I would be like, Ooh, there it is. And I would really sort of swim in it. I would try to make it bigger even like, let me see if I can make this feeling bigger. What are the, where are the edges what are the qualities of this? And I don't want to make it sound like I a- approached this in a very cognitive way because it wasn't. It was just very intuitive, very feeling. It really, you know, again, the the descriptions are coming after the fact so that I can try to describe this to you. But it's just a sense of like this feeling being a pool and I was just going to dive right into it and swim around in there and just hang out in it. So again, kind of like the other way, um, 
this kind of felt good. And sometimes it felt really good and sometimes not so much. But but there's an aspect, obviously, of welcoming and, and not pushing and saying yes that always felt at least a little bit expansive, at least relative to not doing those things. So it was like that for a little while and maybe still is sometimes. But I've noticed that it has, um, my meeting this dread has kind of morphed yet again in a way. Um, again, I'm only seen looking backward. But it feels even more expansive now. And I had a really amazing experience of this this morning. So that's why I'm talking about this today. Why this all came up to talk about this. Is even in, even in welcoming what's arising, there's a sense of this feeling being in my body. Now, way back, even in the earliest inquiries, I was looking for who this my body is, whose body is this anyway, like who is this person, where is this me, and I could never find her. So there's, there's that, you know, there's kind of a knowing that there's no my body. But even if, even if you take the my out of it, body is a thing. And of course, a mind associates a body with us. It has forever. Um, but even the body, even if you, yeah, even if there's just no me and there's just this body here as this physical object that contains sensation, and we're just in this physical object containing sensation, swimming around in the sensation and leaning in and welcoming the sensation, there's a, you know, there's a container there. There's a body that's a container that holds the sensation. And, and again, we can't underemphasize the, the fact that that container to all of us from the age of two on has been associated with me. So even if you really feel like you've seen through that in a huge way, um, I don't know. I think I think often there's just an underlying, even if just very subtle sense of, okay, this container has, has something to do with me. It's not someone else's container. It's not some random container. <laughs> like it's it's not the universe's container. It's a container, and there there's some affiliation there. So anyway, um, what what this has kind of morphed into though more recently is is seeing that nothing is contained, that even the sense of a container is just a thought, just like the sense of a me having thoughts and feelings about her and for her and, you know, show up in her experience. That's all thought too. The whole sense of a me is thought. The whole sense of there being something that contains sensation is thought. And you can look to your direct experience to see this. So there is no body, really. There's, if you look down at what you might call your body, or you look in a mirror at what you might call your body, you don't see a body. You've been told that's a body. You see colors, maybe some shapes and lines. And even the shapes and lines are really just colors shifting, getting darker or fading or getting brighter. So um, 
There's a book called Refuting the External World that I read a couple of years ago that we just read. I reread it and we read it um, in the graduate community in Little School Big Change. And if you're interested in what I'm saying in the next few minutes here, please check it out if you haven't read it. It's a very short book and it will completely um, blow your mind wide open. <laughs> and it did for me when I read it. It was maybe a year and a half ago. Um, it did for me when I read it a year and a half ago and it has much more so even recently when I just reread it. So this book essentially talks about, I won't say really what it talks about that much, but what I just said is when you look in the mirror, let's say, or you look down or you look at something, of course your mind is conditioned to say, that's my body. Or maybe if it doesn't even do the my thing so much, it will still say that's body. That's a body. But it's not seeing a body. That's just how our brain is conditioned to chop up experience and put boundaries and borders on everything and and give us the experience of being a me, a subject in a world of objects. But what this book walks you through and, and really kind of proves is that's not the case at all, that it isn't that we are a subject in a world of objective objects, which means they exist when we aren't seeing them, that life is consciousness. Everything we see and sense and experience is a play of consciousness in real time. It's not that we, including body, including me, which is thought, all of it, all of it. So what we actually see in our actual real experience is color. We don't see a body. We don't see body. We don't see my body. We see color. So check that book out if you're, if you're interested in what I'm saying. And if you're not, by the way, if it freaks you out to think that there is no physical world the way that our science talks about it, no problem. Just don't, don't read that book. Definitely don't read it <laughs> if it freaks you out and you have no interest in it. And there's truly no problem in that at all. No shame in that whatsoever. So... There is no container, there is no body, there is no sensation or feeling of dread or whatever happening in a body so much. There's just sensation. There's just feeling. There's just what we get from our senses, which includes thought, because way back when thought was just a, another sense. It was our sixth sense. So it's what we get from what we're used to, what we've been told are the five senses. It's, it's what's, what's there in the five senses plus thought, which is really just another sense. That is what's there. That is what's felt. There's not, there's not energy or, I don't know, dread or anything like that in a body. There's just sensing. There's just experiencing. So Maybe because this happens first thing in the morning, it's very easy. Like I haven't even opened my eyes yet. It's still dark in my room. And the only reason that I think the only reason that makes it easier is because as soon as my eyes open, then of course my brain wants to start seeing objects and calling them mine. But to just lay there and feel the energy and not feel it in my stomach, but to just feel it like, oh, there's sensation here. No different than, oh, there's a, my neighbor's dog barking outside, which also happens at exactly that same time usually. It, it, that dog, now again, my brain wants to put the dog 
in the yard next door, but it's not in the yard next door. It's in my consciousness, the same place this feeling is. That feeling is not in my stomach. It's in my consciousness. It's just what's happening. Thought comes in and creates space. Thought comes in and says, oh, the next door dog is barking. Oh, the feeling is in your stomach. But that's just sensory information too. That's just thought coming in and adding to the experience. So there's something so cool about having this energy there is this experiencing there and fully feeling it, usually in the dark with my eyes still closed, knowing that it's not contained. There is, There are no containers in the world. If there are containers, then there has to be separation. There is no separation. So there's no such thing as containment. So there are no boundaries, no borders, no lines, no containers. There's just this feeling. And I don't know if you're getting it from what I'm saying, <laughs> um, but it's, it's crazy awesome because it's like this feeling is just there and, it, and it's felt to have absolutely zero to do, not only not to, anything to do with me, but again, not even like it's here, it's there. It, this feeling is just all there is. And it's so obvious that it's just all there is. There is no time and space and person and any of that in this equation at all at this point. It's, it's, just, it's just experiencing, which is really what life always is. It's not necessarily how you experience it or I experience it because a you or an I will not experience things that way. When we feel like a me, we're feeling like the subject and there's a world of objects and then those objects go inside other objects and they're contained and they have location and the dog's outside and the feeling is in my stomach. And when that's not there, when there's just pure sensing, there's just pure sensing with absolutely no limits. And leaning in, again, there's no such thing as leaning in. There's no such thing as welcoming what's arising because if we're welcoming something, we're welcoming something that is not us. If we're leaning in, we're out and there's something to lean into. None of that even makes sense. So really, like just just see if you can get a feel for this. You, your mind, like, you know, maybe is saying, I don't know what your mind's saying, but thought would likely say, what's, who cares? Why does this even matter? Okay, fine. Maybe that's cool. But, but, you know, who cares? And how do I, like, that's not my experience or whatever. But, or, okay, I get that. But then as soon as you open your eyes, you're back into duality. And I don't know how, I don't know what to say to that really, except that it isn't like that. Like having just a sense of this boundaryless, container-free, complete oneness, it starts to become something you tap back into. Of course, my language is not accurate here. You tap back into it at will. None of that is accurate because there's no will and there's no you and there's no it. But, you know, like it's just it's just like available, it's just like available. And it's 
for me, it's not necessarily available all the time, but it's more and more available. And I think it'd be really fascinating just to take what you've seen a step further. If, I know if you listen to this this podcast, you've seen so much about thoughts and feelings not being what they appear to be and you not being who you appear to be and all of that. And it's all like inching us out. It's like expanding and expanding and expanding little by little all the time. And this can be like another big push off the ledge or just a little subtle expansion, further expansion, whatever. But to kind of see that the idea of a feeling having a location and a body is purely made of thought. And when we don't take those thoughts that seriously, we just get to be in the actual feeling of life, in the, in the sensing, in, in just the pure sensing of it, which is all it really is, I think, anyway. If feelings aren't in the body, it should be pretty obvious that thoughts aren't in the head. <laughs> and that should have been obvious a long time ago. I mean, the feeling in the body thing, right? We we're so used to going in even as a helpful practice and where is it and you know and really placing it somewhere so that one i think you know can be a little little more tightly conditioned thoughts in the head i don't know about you but i sure don't even ex- when i look it's like well somebody that clearly we were just told that thoughts happen in the head there's no experience over here anyway of a thought having anything to do with the head except that I've been told that, as you have since we were little. And we know that the brain, or we've been told from science, that the brain has something to do with thought. And so, you know, it's a, it makes sense that thought would be placed there. But how can thought be placed anywhere? If the body is a thought, the brain is a thought, do you have a firsthand experience of your brain? I don't think so. We're told there's one in there. (laughs) We see pictures. We trust science and doctors and all of that. But, but that, you know, it's quite a leap to kind of think that thought somehow bubbles up in there. And again, maybe this has been obvious for a really long time to you. But it's just, it's just another cool example of like, oh yeah, so many so many of these like associations, this causal stuff, the to and from and where and location, and this is because of this, and this lives here and that lives there. That's, that's, it's just the left brain making sense of things, trying to build this model of objective reality that we use to navigate what looks to be this physical world. But believe me and read the, read the book. I'll put the link in the show notes, Refuting the External World. It's just a beginner to this, like, you know, as a first step if you're interested in this. The book will change that or, or it, it will at least cast some doubt, I suspect. And just as we play with this, you know, again, to the question of like, who cares? What's this all for? Why would we care? play with it and see if there are no containers if there if everything just is if there's just pure sensing if we really are just seeing color and then our brain puts form and solidity and a story around it if everything is really 
here, everything, everywhere, all at once, right now, just what's arising in real time, all one seamless flow, including this story of me and my body and all of that. I don't know, there's a lot to see in that. (laughs) There's a lot to see in that. There's a lot to be curious about in that. And it it kind of um, shatters anything that would create a lot of suffering. There's not a lot of suffering in a seamless flow of life arising simply as it is, of of sensory consciousness, you know, just, just bubbling up in real time. There, there's no suffering in that. The suffering comes when the boundaries and the lines and the borders and the containers come into play. With Student Access Plus, you get a very large library of amazing digital courses, discounts on the Little School of Big Change and other larger courses, and a live monthly coaching call all for one very low annual or monthly price. Just go to dramiejohnson.com slash student dash access dash plus to learn more and to sign up.